goal chance for Conor McGrath. Bernie is surely give it in, Conor. Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keep Mackie chance. still going. Boy, boy, goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind at the champions who showed car. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. It's been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> been a look, Donovan, Donovan, Connor, a wild effort on goal. Oh, it's Hello, it's the Friday GAA podcast. Nathan Murphy with you alongside Dave McIntyre. How's it going, Dave? And also Adrian Barry. How's it going, Adrian? As low as I am to ever dole out praise to one of you two. Which one of you was it that put together that intro? Yeah. It's it's class. (laughs) It gets the blood up, boys, ahead of a big weekend. I'm out of here. Adrian Barry, come back, come back, come back, because it's about to get even better. Adrian's had some tough times on the podcast. Oh, he's cleaned over up the last, last few weeks. We usually he? just abuse him for um, the ridiculousness of his thoughts, but you've cleaned up. If you went to the bookies, you would have been pretty disappointed when you got eight out of nine. Wow! From last weekend, and the one I didn't get, I believe, is the one that I really—I I convinced myself I should have gone for. You did. You spent about five minutes, uh, oh, basically, wow. bigging up Longford. And then went for Derry. Oh, damn no. it. But you got every other one right. Leash, Limerick, Wicklow, Cork, uh, Galway, Kerry, Donegal. What did we get? Well, I wouldn't have got... I well, sorry, didn't call sorry. You got seven. You got yeah. seven. You, oh, Dave, you got six. It. I got five. After talking right. myself out of a bloody point there. Uh, yeah, so... But the you still won. You still won. It's been pretty tight. You still won. I know I said won. one, but it's not eight out of nine. Uh yeah, I forgot that that ended. I mean, beating you two schmucks somehow. is of absolutely no really? use to me whatsoever. Well, it's the only competition there is in here. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. Uh, busy weekend uh, here on Off the Ball. we got two live games uh, tomorrow. We have Cavan against Adrian's home county of Westmeath. Mm-hmm. Keen Wardley, McHale and Woolley alongside Ushin Langan. And then on Sunday, we're going to be in Croke Park for the first time this summer. Dave will be there. Uh, for Kildare against Meath in the semi-final of the Leinster Football Championship we've also got David Brady um, alongside you and Woolley and Dermot Early so it yeah. should be a pretty action-packed weekend it's the big sell done yes more of that to come uh, well we're going to have to keep selling it big because I know what's going to happen here he's going to say Westmeath are going to get trounced by Cavan in our live game tomorrow mm. so we got a Cavan man to my left a Westmeath man to our right filleted was the word he filleted. used earlier in the week mm. yes, yes. <laughs> which is an, I like that he didn't, a, he, didn't put nice that, he didn't put that in the promo for some reason no. <laughs> tempted, didn't. tempted as I was live um, and off the ball this Saturday Westmeath will be filleted by Cavan <laughs> I'm actually not entirely I've, I've been looking at her over the last 24 hours and I'm less convinced by the filleting now there are reasons to suggest that filleting might still take place uh, injuries being one of them Doran Hart is the latest player such a big player for Westmeath um, has picked up a cruciate injury the latest one so he's out for a year um, and five of them have gone to America yeah well I... no, no hang on five of them have gone to America but I know at least one of those Dave McCormick was, had a broken nose and wasn't going to play anyway so I don't think it was a case necessarily that four of them have gone to America. <laughs> there may be. There may, I think there are other reasons as well around some of the other. In ones. one way, I, I can't understand this because you train throughout the winter I know. for six, seven months, 
Okay, you have a really disappointing start at the championship after a pretty horrible league campaign. But surely you hang around for the extra month. I assume that was already in their minds. These guys were heading to the States, regardless of whether they were preparing for a Leinster semi-final or not. Mm. There does seem to be... There's a definite... This isn't just a coincidence. There's a definite trend of counties who get dumped out of their provinces no interest left in the mm. provincial competition and they're just not interested in the qualifiers I, I, a bit like yourself Dave I kind of struggle to see why you would put so much preparation into getting that far mm. and like, like, was it who was it it was a Westmead player wasn't it um, remind me in the last 10 days that was bemoaning the current structure of the championship basically saying last year Westmead were beaten in the Leinster and then beaten in the first round of the qualifiers said we I trained for 10 months for two games mm. And yet, four of his fellow panelists have trained for ten months for one game. Yeah, and the like the other side of that as well is so right. The counter argument to all of that would be that well, you know, Westmeath were targeting Leinster this year and they really wanted to win Leinster. And once that was off the table, we know that's well, not true. You know, they just didn't want to be. They knew they weren't going to win the All Ireland, so you know, there was nothing left for them. We we know that's not true. We know that's not the case. So I don't understand why. I don't really get why that would be. There's an interesting development as well on the same sort of line with Down uh, this week where uh, Ryan and Jerome Johnston and Paul Devlin, uh, the first two of those uh, played, came off the bench in the game against the drawn game against Tyrone and made a big impact. Um, Paul Devlin didn't feature. And then uh, they went, they, they didn't, they've done it by halves. They went off on holidays for a couple of weeks and up to 24 hours ago weren't landing back in the country until Monday, the day after downplay Leitrim in the qualifiers. Uh, their dad, Jerome Senior is part of the management team. Now, some a, a conversation's been had in the last 24 hours and the three lads are returning. Um, but, but if they're but returning, should they be a part of the panel now? I mean, surely whatever James McCartan should be thinking to you these go. lads, look, you're gone now. We'll beat Leitrim anyway. With, we don't need you boys. And just look to somebody else for the... Well, I presume the that was part of their thinking as well. Look, it's Leitrim That's and we're going to head off. Like, well, this I is part, know, it's, this is I just don't understand all of maybe this and this is something we've been um, talking to all of the Cainter County players over the course of the summer Nathan when we've been up and down the high roads and by roads and I put this question to Donica Walsh last night at the Kerry press night for the Munster final about the level of training that inter-county players are required to put in these days and the sustainability of it and the main question being have we now reached the peak so whatever developments come next will actually be down the other side of the hill that it'll be less training that players will be doing and maybe this is the result of the peak that has now been reached players are just fed up with this and they're just no longer willing to put up it anymore in any county that isn't going to win a provincial title it's not that long ago since Down reached an All-Ireland final and you're talking about training surely this is the time of the year when all at training is this is the time of year you want to be around for matches so what you're saying is the three lads haven't gone to Magaloo for two weeks and to train. I would suspect. There, I, would imagine. I would suspect not. But what? I, like I've never heard of anyone an, doing that. They reached an All Ireland quarter final two years ago. I mean, they are in the top ten counties in the country. And many people would make a decent argument for that. And look, it, but look, it's not just. It's them. easy We've for us to West sit Mead in the studio and, and yeah. criticise players. We we don't understand the commitment that these guys are putting in. But this doesn't happen in any other county, as far as I can tell. Or hasn't happened. Uh, well, Where I guys mean, go on holidays uh, for oh, well, the holiday thing is, is a new one on yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a new and, one. And do you know what actually strikes me from it as well? This is 
like replace county for club in this conversation and this is exactly the conversation that's been taking place for the last 10 or 15 years where club players are just so annoyed with getting screwed over with the county fixtures and so they you know they end up playing championship game in January they play another one in May they're playing another one in October and so you understand that they actually need to go ahead and plan plan and then life. they book the two weeks off with the wife and then the county board turn yeah. around and say oh by the way we've refixed that because down we're beaten we refixed that game for and uh, you fly in for two days yeah. exactly but actually so it seems as if you know like if you look if you step back and look at this in the greater and, I, and I'm also applying the not just the holiday um, sense of it but also the players who decide they're going to the US for the summer whatever it is like this is ultimately the life of the club player this is, mm. this is exactly what happens I'm speaking to a coach of one of the best teams in the country best club teams in the country in the last week that exact thing has happened in this county in the last two weeks that they were expect the players have been given two weeks off and they had made plans and then things the county board turns around lashes in a fixture refixture and everything just gets completely thrown out the window and they have to go home and explain that to wives and girlfriends mm. and children and babysitters and it's like working here <laughs> yeah, only we actually get paid to be here <laughs> was, like this, these guys. Uh, was this county in uh, Dublin no <laughs> No, it wasn't. This was is one where you will not be able to figure out which county it is. <laughs> no. Uh, but um, it's, look, uh, the life of the club where we've talked about that in detail, but this is a new development. The holiday thing... When it I think that's an anomaly, though. I, I don't think... I, I really yeah. don't think the holiday thing... It's not happening is, up and down the country. I, don't, I really don't. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's... you know, And it, it, it had involved two players who were fringe and one who was beyond that. Are we sure so. it wasn't a case of warm weather training that... This is why they went over this. This they is my point. They're going to Magaluf. Just the three to, of them. Uh, you know. Just the three of them. They're the most. In fact, we've done these guys at a service. These are actually the three most dedicated members. They've paid out, out of their own, their own pocket yeah. to go and do some warm weather training. In fairness, we're having a discussion about a topic that we know very little about. Um, so you know, there may be other reasons behind all this. Well, that's why we have a podcast so we can say <laughs> this and not get sued. Essentially, because nobody listens. Well, I uh, didn't want to say that, but uh, Cavan Westmead, uh, both these sides are actually going to be playing oh, we're back. in we, we, Division we, we, 2. We, we're back we're, to actually back relevant GEA oh, points. Uh, we had a great old laugh uh, when Billy Joe Padden was telling us about the fight before Cavan Armagh and thought nothing too bad happened. And then it turned out Martin Dunn missed the match, broke his hand, is going to miss this match, and it's done massive damage to Cavan's season. Can they get back? Is this the perfect game for them? I think, a reasonable test? I think the best thing that, you know, Paul Beelan and the management team when they sit down and re-watch that game, don't bother with anything that happened between one minute and 70 minutes. Just watch the flailing into each other before the match started. And that's quite clearly the route to unsettle this Cavan team. I don't know that uh, Westmead have the hardness about them that Armagh might. Surely Cavan won't fall for that kind of messing again. It really surprised me. Like They are a very inexperienced team, Cavan, at senior level. But so many of their players have come up winning medals from under 14 all the way up to under 21. They really have been there. and done it. They're, they're the most successful bunch of Cavan footballers in the last 60 years. And yet they fall for that kind of messing against an Armagh team who obviously are a little more wily and grizzled than, than their, the Cavan counterparts. Well, what's the alternative when, when Armagh start, to use Dahi's phrase, wiring into them? Like, you can't you just stand let, well, back and go, all right, lads, No, what, what happens is you sit back during the parade, you let Armagh march well, behind the Calvin flag that. if they want, and then you absolutely wire into them when the ball is thrown in. 
none of this messing before and Cavan were clearly my father was at the game he said Cavan were clearly rattled by what had happened in the parade yeah. because they didn't start the first half it took them 45 minutes to kick a point from play and looking at some of the clips on the highlights on the Sunday game Cavan lads blindly carrying the ball into contact which is not something they were doing last season and Armagh swarm around them basically et out of the hand of Armagh for the whole entire 70 minutes I can't see them making the same mistakes again as you say I don't think Westmead have the wherewithal the no. experience the quality to kind of do a number on Cavan this weekend I, look, I, think, I actually think there is a little bit of a case to be made uh, Cavan play a bit of a sort of defensive style and that actually may suit Westmead in that Cavan aren't necessarily going to put up a huge target no, against definitely uh, not against no, Westmead as well, well um, Westmead will know if they kick 1-13 in this game there's a very good chance they'll win the, it Cavan only scored 9 points against Armagh two, 2 points in the entire first half now Westmead also don't necessarily put up big scores they did score 3-9 against Mayo in the league they scored a uh, goal in 12 against Tyrone so there's a possibility that, Mayo, uh, that Westmead put up 14 or 15 points and set that as a target and I think that in some ways I think that might be enough the Westmead don't necessarily like a shootout they don't like a team they're not one of these teams that you know you score 21 points and leave yourself but open at the back and we can score 22 that's not really the way Westmead go but uh, you know the likes of John Heslin Desi uh, Glennon I, I figure they can put up a decent enough I actually think as I said looking back at it over the last 24 hours I think Westmead um, I'm eventually when we come around to committing to a team I am going to go for Westmead are you because you do this every week you big up uh you no, give no. the Midlands counties reasons to believe, and I don't then care when it comes about the other. The other it, I don't care about the other Midlands counties. I don't have an affiliation to Offaly, Leash, Longford. You know, do you have an affiliation to Westmeath because you slate them <laughs> week after week in this podcast? It comes from a place of love, Nathan. I keep telling you that. Cavan don't want the game to be played on Saturday. They want it to be played on Sunday because you know rural communities in the middle of summer. There's a lot of work going on, so probably isn't ideal for supporters. This yeah. follows on from Galway Kilkenny, where. One of the reasons why it couldn't take place was at, at half two was because guys might have to take a half day from work, you know, the players. I mean, we, if they, the kind of work that they're talking about will also take place on Sunday. Saturday or Sunday doesn't really make a difference for what has to be done, particularly where the lake it is last couple of weeks, lads. There could be even a second cut of sailage been brought in. Force is already done, well done at this stage. The one time where Dave puts on a country accent and, it's actually, and it's actually appropriate to what we're talking about. Because <laughs> ordinarily it's, right, Dave goes country and he could be talking about <laughs> Kerry... You could be talking about Waterford and it's always a Cavan accent. Well, those boys will be out Saturday Sunday regardless. But I don't see that as being a major issue. I don't see there being a huge crowd at Breffney Park. It'll be decent enough. It's going to be a close game. I think it could be a good game. Yeah. You've got, as things stood in 2014 at least, a Division 1 team against a Division 3 team. They'll obviously both be playing in the same league next season. I don't see why either side should be fearing the opposition to any great extent. And that should make for a pretty decent match. Yeah, so if there's not a big crowd, they can all just tune in to Off the Ball tomorrow, three o'clock throw in. I'm going for Cavan. As am I. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for, on the basis that Cavan scored between 12 and 15 points in the first league, uh, six league uh, league games this year, and they haven't got much better than that since. I think that Westmead's can Stat attack. Uh, slightly, um, ever so slightly edged, I think a couple of points. I think um, there are major question marks about the Westmead's. Uh, management, uh, but that aside, eleven games, eleven defeats. I think there's probably no, not much more that needs to be said. Um, I think they can break it this week, and I think they will. All right. Uh, first of the weekend's qualifiers, two o'clock tomorrow. Carlo against Waterford. Carlo, worst team in the country. Bait out the gate by yeah, Waterford or by uh, Mead last time. It's out. really sad. I think um, 
four or five years ago, Carlo seemed to be in a decent place. They had some really good minors coming through. They got to a Leinster minor final, got to an All-Ireland quarter final, and they put some really big performances in Croke Park. And it's gone to hell since then. Anthony Rainbow, I have so much sympathy for the job that he's trying to do. Can't get guys to play. Some lads just don't want to play with the county. Some lads want to hurl with the county. Some lads want to go to the States. Waterford have two really good games under their belt. Did really well to come back in the first game with Clare. And Waterford are a solid enough Division 4 team. I can see them winning this game. Yeah, Waterford. Um, yeah, Waterford. Carlo finished bottom of Division 4. 7-13 to 6 points uh, was the result. To concede more goals than you've kicked points end. in a game is pretty embarrassing. Not pretty. Uh, Tyrone against Louth. Tyrone have made four changes. They'll have used 30 players in their four matches so far. Strikes me that Mickey Hart is searching for something that perhaps just isn't there for Tyrone <clears throat> at the moment. Yeah, 26 different starters. I'm not sure what the record is. Maybe a statistician out there somewhere will be able to send it into us. But uh, yeah, part of you can say that it is a case of Mickey Hart not knowing what his best 15 is. The other part is that he's trying to get guys like Gormley and Penrose and Stephen O'Neill, the McMahon brothers, Joe in particular, Justin's actually in pretty good shape at the moment, to a level where they can actually start games and impact games and that's just not happening at the moment he tried Stephen O'Neill in the game against Monaghan and Stephen I don't think he got a kick of the ball in the first half for such a like an, an iconic figure up in Toronto former footballer of the year and he's had a couple of injuries as well and he's had a couple of suspensions so maybe all that they're all factors in it Loud are probably one of the biggest, biggest disappointments of the championship for me so far a lot of people well, are tipping to beat Kildare you know so uh, that was Which, probably well, well I, I mean I'm I say that, what, what, but yeah. what I say makes it sound like over a two-month period. I'm not what, talking about what one were game. Expecting? I expected them to put it up to Kildare, but they didn't win a game in in the league. That beating Westmeath was that was their championship. That was success. It shouldn't have been. I, I, from just hearing the sounds that were coming out of Louth and and Aidan O'Rourke, who's I, clearly talked a very good game coming up to the Kildare match. I just thought they would actually do more than roll over and die in front of them in the first fifteen minutes. And uh, also, US update, we need to get some sort of a, a sound effect for, you know, each game that we go to where a player has buggered off to the US. Brian Donnelly is gone as well. He's such an important player uh, for Loud since that 15-point loss to Kildare. And, you know, like, you talk about what uh, Mickey Hart's been searching for over the last little while and the lack of players that are coming through from the underage grades in Tyrone has probably been the biggest single biggest factor of that since that crop that he brought through in the late 90s that went on to win, obviously, All-Ireland's. And, and the players that have come through since that as well. There's an interesting piece with Colin Keyes in the Irish Independent actually this week which addresses all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, even if you look at the Tyrone team uh, this weekend, there's a no- yet another McGuigan uh, making his Tyrone uh, debut. Shea uh, starts at centre-forward and so Sean Cavanagh slips back to midfield. Um, but then after that, Martin Penrose drops to the bench and it is some bench. Uh, Penrose, the two McMahons, as you mentioned, Dave Rohn O'Neill, Peter Hughes, Conor McKenna, who's who was one of the sort of exceptions to the rule of the players who were coming through. He was the uh, the minor captain. Uh, what about your love child? Is this he on is the bench? It. This was exactly the point I was just about to make. There's no Kyle Coney. He's not, He's not even, even on, on the bench. There must be an injury there. Well, possibly. I, I, I tried to look up a little bit and see what... Uh, again, Kyle Coney is another guy who just hasn't done it. And he's had injury problems. It's consistency, problems. really. Like he, he had a brilliant game against Cork in the league, and everyone kind of thought, including myself, God, this guy is amazing. He's capable and with of this guy in, in form... Tyrone suddenly become a prospect they become a different team Stephen O'Neill did play for his club during the week which gives you an indication of how desperate he is to try and get some kind of match sharpness back At what stage do we start questioning Mickey Hart and the need for a new voice in Tyrone? 
on, on the basis of the points I've just made, I think <clears> it's definitely too early for that because so you have to look at. I think was he he was the under twenty one manager. In the late 90s. In, that 2000, in 2002, won an All-Ireland Under-21, yeah. which uh, the likes of Conor Gormley were around that time, Sean Cavanagh, Cavanagh yeah. uh, Brian McGuigan. They got to an All-Ireland semi-final last year. Yeah. I mean, that's so, pretty good for Tyrone. And, and and so, like, you look at the players that are coming through and, well, there's just not that same sort of quality. And, you know, if there was... if Ultimately, if you look at that Tyrone team, and it's, it's, a, it's a good team, it's a decent team, they will go some distance in the All-Ireland this year, uh, the All-Ireland series, but... Like I suppose my point is, if there was an amazing crop of players there, Mickey Hart wasn't get the best out of them. Then you could kind of say, "Well, what's going on here?" And and you know, the other side of that is, so he has tried thirty players. It's not as if he's sort of you know going the Eddie O'Sullivan. Well, well like this like Glasgow aren't given a chance. It's not like in Donegal where they have such a small pool. But mm. this may actually be beneficial if Tyrone can go on a run through the qualifiers. That when they get to an All Ireland quarter final, yeah. he'll be able to look at his bench and go. I've tried all these guys. And I've tested all yeah. these guys in the yeah. championship. And they will this go for it. Like the and qualifiers are very soft territory this year. Like if you look at the provincial final lineups, there is nobody other than Tyrone that the four teams that lose the provincial championship final will not want to face. And by the time Tyrone get to an Ireland uh, quarterfinal or thereabouts, he will know his yeah, he 15, will. 16, 17 players. And yeah, they'll win this game and I think they'll win it pretty comfortably. Uh, final qualifiers on Sunday down against Leitrim I'm going for Tyrone there by the way are yes, we all committed we're all, we're all going for we're, we're that, predicting yeah. they're going to get to an All-Ireland quarterfinal uh, they'd want to win this one well they get to the fourth round of the qualifiers it just depends who they meet uh, Tyrone are down against Leitrim on Sunday down uh, yeah yeah down we've kind of touched on down already we've done our US update uh, yeah even with all those problems uh, we'll see if the guys get a run out on Sunday uh, three downs there uh, Saturday evening as well Ulster football semi-final, Armagh against Monaghan. Sometimes feel these Saturday evening games get a little bit lost. Now I know Dave, you won't feel like that. <laughs> Everyone is glued to their. But I was driving back from uh, the Irish Open on last Saturday evening, and I just did get the sense that if I wasn't in my car, you're doing things on Saturday, like the lads are saying, you know. I've got things to do on a Saturday evening I'm maybe not concentrating on the four games and that some of the results just seem to pass you by and it does seem a bit strange having an Ulster football semi-final well, I think Case in point evening. is Cork Tipperary I mean there were it's what 90 seconds away Tipperary it's probably mm. the greatest shock in Munster football since Clare beat Cork in the late 90s now that's completely just seemed to bypass the entire country I mean everybody just looked at the papers the next day oh that was a close game because that, that was on Saturday night yeah that yeah. was closer than everyone anticipated yeah. Yeah. Tip should have won the game they had them bet they kicked wides that cost them big time and I think that backs up your point big style but it's particularly games that wouldn't ordinarily catch the imagination and the, the game on this Saturday there's two amazing matches this Saturday evening I think obviously the hurling is we'll get to shortly but a provincial semi-final between Armand and Monaghan yeah, will catch the imagination up there at least obviously it's being televised I think it's been televised um, on, on two stations it's on Sky anyway obviously I assume the BBC have it as well oh God, what are we 25 matches. minutes in or thereabouts well, I mean, somebody was going to have to mention it it was quite clearly going to be you he brought it up before I did did you but get I, on alright last Saturday everything we went coped, smoothly yeah, did everything it went well, nice I, open, only heard your, uh, I only heard your intro where you were running down through the two teams and, and you, that was enough that you that that Jesus like, that's enough, of that. Guy that is enough of that nonsense <laughs> it was a very soft polite match I cannot see something similar happening on t- on tomorrow evening the, the, the tide has really been pushed against Armagh with the loss of these three lads um, they may go to the DRA today we might hear more on it later this evening but the fact that uh, Quail and Rafferty's injured they're going to be missing Malin Donaghy 
and the third suspension, third susp- I can't remember the third fellow has been suspended, but they're just going to really Toner. struggle. Toner, Kieran Toner. Mm. It's hard to come up against a modern team who doing some notes on it yesterday. They haven't conceded a goal since 2012 in Championship Yeah, that's pretty football. impressive. I was that's five my, successive matches without mm. a goal conceded. My one concern was that there was such joy for Monaghan after beating Tyrone that they had focused so much on this one game and had so long because they were quite late coming into the championship that this game has come, what, 13 days later that maybe their minds haven't got back in focus just yet. Oh, I'm sure they haven't the gone we on had. The, I'm sure yeah. they haven't gone on the tear for a week now. Brings us back to what we talked about a week ago. Was it funny they ago. had another week? They've, they, I don't think they'll make any of the same mistakes that they did last time. Listen, lads, two I'm sorry weeks. that I've got a professional attitude to what I do, you know, and you two are just happy enough to sort of... That wiggle. won't be a factor I, this time. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm still thinking of Monaghan of five, six years ago, whereas this is clearly mm. a new Monaghan who are operating at a very high level on a consistent basis yeah. now. Yeah, I think so. It'll be. It's a really tough task for Arma who obviously were hugely committed to what they managed to do against Cavan, but it's a different kettle of fish here Monaghan. I think Monaghan could tell us over the next fortnight, three weeks, that they're all Ireland contenders. Um, a lot depends as well on uh, Jamie Clark and how he goes, uh, how he does for Armagh. He's going to be marked by the Monaghan defender, Colin Walsh. The two of them played for uh, UUJ in the Sigerson Cup team that reached the final back in February, and they're also housemates which is an interesting sort of dynamic uh, to the back of all this. Walsh uh, kept Clark to just a single point from play when the two of them met in the league. Uh, he also kept Arna Sullivan uh, to a point on his Monaghan uh, debut. And uh, he's also an all-star from last year and such an important part. A player that really people don't... We we never really have any great discussions about him. He's an all-star and a massive cog in that Monaghan team. I think he can keep uh, Jamie Clark quiet. It's a brilliant Monaghan defence. I mean, Drew Wiley is an all-star nominee as well. Desi Moan and Vinnie Corey have over 20 mm. years of experience between them. Fintan Kelly kicked two brilliant scores against Tyrone. The first two uh, scores he's ever kicked in his championship career. And then you just go forward further into the team. Hughes and Clerk in the midfield are so experienced. And you've got Kieran Hughes and Conor McManus. Obviously, McManus has had two weeks now to train What's and his get story? himself because over I his think injury. Was, was it Deegan that was on, um, Conor Deegan who was on um, Co-Commodus? And was he that day? When we did that game a couple of weeks ago, he, and he was, said yeah. that he. I remember listening to it, and then sort of initial eight or ten minutes, he said, "Oh, look, he's not moving, not moving freely. He's not moving well." But obviously, lasted the uh, last. Yeah, the he wasn't moving freely at all. He was clearly able to get around the pitch, but mm. there was no bite, no real fizz to his game. But he was there for one reason: to kick freeze, and he kicked six of them. And so, I mean, is he so? Like two weeks later, is that injury now? Well, know? he he managed to line out in that game, and he hadn't trained since he picked up the injury. Not mm. once had he trained. And he, I'd say, probably the first week they would have given him most of the week off. This week, I'm sure he got two or three sessions under his belt. So he may be not be 100%, but he'll be sharper than he was two weeks ago. And which he'll still can be able only to kick mean, the freeze. Exactly, mm. exactly. Um, they've, and they left Paul Finney out of the team. I think it's 32 points in six championship matches he scored against Armagh. Um, he's been left out of the team, so they obviously still have a huge amount of faith in Connor that he's fit and able to do it. So everyone's speaking pretty positively about Monaghan. I'm, yeah. I'm certainly going for Monaghan. Absolutely. Yeah. They uh, beat Armagh by 10 points in the league as well, and you can only see this going one way. Uh, Sunday, double header Croke Park, the two Leinster football semi finals taking place. Dublin against Wexford at four. Our live game is at two o'clock, Kildare against Meath. Uh, lots of pessimism around Kildare ahead of the match against Louth. They crushed them. Meath destroyed Carlo in the quarter final, where uh, the highlight was that streaker waving his, you know, in front of uh, David Brady, which he was very Sock. excited about. I was listening to Off the Ball last night and uh, Dermot and Tommy Dowd were talking about the three-game saga back in 97 and I'm listening and thinking, it's an awful shame that Kildare and Meath 
are no longer a force in Leinster because during the 90s the Leinster Football Championship gave us so many oh, it was incredible incredible mm. moments yet you think of the last decade aside from the Louth Mead final there's not a huge amount there no compared the last decade to, to the, the previous. previous 10 years when you had Offaly Leash Westmead Dublin Mead Kildare seven counties winning provincial championships over what a, a nine year period and then the wilderness of the last 10 years where you just had that Mead Loud game um, look, this is about to be crowned number two in Leinster, isn't it? Is it? If Meath win this game, I I, <laughs> I always just have in my head. It's a, it's a dubious one. Yeah. <laughs> I always just have in my head that if uh, if Meath face Dublin, Meath will have no fear of them whatsoever and will tear into it. Whereas Kildare, if they face Dublin, I kind almost, of agree. I kind of agree with that. To be honest with you, well, Kildare yeah. did tear into Dublin last season. Yeah. It lasted ten minutes, and they <laughs> led by four points after about eight minutes. Um, the 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 crown of being crowned second in Leinster is quite clearly the reason that you know those Westmead players said, "Well, we can't be second in Leinster anymore." So, well, if you're it. crowned second in Leinster, it. you're into the final round There's of the no qualifiers, and no you're crown. seventy minutes away from getting to an All Ireland quarter final. Yeah. That's what this match is about. Meads, Meads, we had Kerry last week, and we spoke about how injuries and retirements have really taken them out of the All Ireland equation. Mead looked to be making a lot of progress last season under Mick O'Dowd, and then they've just been like Kerry, decimated by injuries. Which yeah. means that from a team that could well have been hoping to get to an All-Ireland quarter-final, All-Ireland semi-final, now it's very hard to see them winning this match. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like You're looking at Mickey Newman in particular. He's been brilliant from the freeze for the last two seasons and he's not going to be playing. It looks like Shane O'Rourke is going to take over the free-taking and that game against Carlo was Shane's first championship appearance in two years because he's had several career-threatening injuries since 2011, actually, three years. And he's probably going to have to take on responsibility for that as well. Now, it's something he's capable of doing, but you'd like to think that he can just concentrate on his own game without having to worry about that. He's been pushed into centre-half forward. Brian Menton's come into the team. Eamon Wallace missing as well. It's 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 a cri- cri- crippling injury list that they have at the moment. And um, does he? Sorry, does he? Does Shane O'Rourke go to midfield then? No, the, he's he's gone from well, midfield they, to centre half forward. Na- that's where they've named him. But you know. well, Brian Menton is traditionally a midfielder, and he's likely to come in and take in take go in there alongside. Mm. Um, I just think it's going to be tough for them. Adrian, any opinions either way? Oh, such a difficult game to call. Um, Talk, listening to the two lads last night, they both expect these are two attacking teams. Mm. There's I think no it'll be big scores. Yeah, so we should have a really entertaining yeah. game. I think two out of the last eleven championship matches between them have failed to produce a goal for either side. In nine of the other eleven, both teams have scored at least one goal. They're always big scores. And you look at the Kildare full forward line, they were all on the under-21 Leinster Championship winning side last season. Porig Fogarty, um, Paddy Brophy and Niall Kelly. That is really exciting to watch as well. So I'm I going just, for Meath. It's really tough I'm going for Kildare. This one. Which one of us do you love more, Dave? Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, every week on the podcast, we like to take a closer look at one of the counties involved in our commentary game and the sort of tactics they might employ. This week, we're joined on the line by the Mead Chronicles' Fergal Lynch. How's it going, Fergal? Not too bad, Nathan, not too bad. Fergal, you've pretty, covered pretty much every Mead match this season. They racked up a huge score against Carlo last time out, but is, is that reflective of Mead's style now? Is this a, a very attacking Mead team? Well, <laughs> for... For 22 minutes of that game against Carlo, it was very much a, a struggle where they only had two points on the board and it was only after the first goal went in from a penalty that Mead really cut loose. Um, they struggled in a lot of games to, to get their scoring or find their fluency in front of the posts 
But once they did get going in games, and if they tend to score early on, they, they have the capability of going on and racking up big scores, such as they did against Galway in the first round of the league to get 318. But other games they struggled, only getting eight points against Monaghan, and uh, you know even returns of 15 points and that. In without the with this new black card rule, we're probably lower than the average in a lot of games. It sounds like uh, consistency might be a bit of a problem. Yeah, it is. Um, ju- just finding that you know regular scoring touch in front of the post, and, and nobody has really stood out apart from Mickey Newman, who has I think you know something like seven thirty from the eight or ten games that he played this year. Um, so he's a regular contributor and will be a huge loss. So it's just to try and find a greater spread of scores from the forwards. Uh, as I said, Mickey Newman at 7.30, the next highest then over the games would have been Graham Riley with 1.20. So they do need to find a little bit more spread of scores, I think. With Mickey Newman out, how does this change Mead's game plan? Is there somebody who can go in? Uh, is there a direct replacement? Well, there's not a, a direct replacement as such. With Brian Menton coming in, Brian will move into midfield with Shane O'Rourke moving to uh, number 11 to centre-forward. So that pushes Brian McMahon into the corner-forward role that Mickey Newman would normally in. And Brian would be a, he'd be more of a speed merchant in the mould of Eamon Wallace, maybe not as, as quick as Eamon Wallace, but a slightly better footballer maybe in terms of being able to take a score and you know being a little bit clever in possession. So it, it, won't la- it won't diminish the team in any way for pace or for accuracy from open play. It's just that dead ball ability now is going to to be reduced a lot, I think, anyway. Fergal, you mentioned Shane O'Rourke uh, named at centre-forward. Do you expect him to start there? Is there a possibility of a three-man midfield here um, for me? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the, the idea. I would imagine that he will form part of a, a crowded midfield area to try and win possession because with Brian Mead only coming back from a cruciate knee ligament injury that he suffered last August, you know, the game against Carlo was his first start. Um, Brian Menton only coming back from a layoff after suffering a, a dislocated thumb. And the energy levels and the fitness levels mightn't be good enough uh, for those two lads to sustain it around the centre of Crow Park. So I can imagine that Shane O'Rourke will drop into midfield, help out as much as he can. It could be a, an interchangeable sort of a role with Shane O'Rourke, Brian Menton, Brian Mead, even Graham Riley with the ability, you know, especially against Carlo, he came out an awful lot and foraged further out the field. So you could see Graham Riley operating around that midfield sector as well, looking to pick up breaks. Fergal, what is the level of expectation of me at the moment? When my dad took over the job, he was the fifth manager in seven years. But yeah. really, he's he's built on what Banty achieved in 2012, getting to a Leinster final. This would be their third Leinster final in a row if they yeah. win on Sunday. I mean, what is the general level of feeling from Meath fans towards this team? Are they happy enough with just getting to a Leinster final? Is that a little more than is being expected? Or should there be an awful lot more to come? Well, okay. Expectations in Meath are always... All-Ireland, that's what we, well, especially at my age and my ventures would grow up with an expectation of winning All-Ireland. That but surely we, can't still be the case, though, is it? No, no, I don't believe, I, I don't believe it is. You know, it's the dream, it's the pipe dream of everybody to get to an All-Ireland final or definitely be playing your football in August anyway. And that's, Mikko's aspirations is to be a top-eight team. Getting to a Leinster final and knowing how strong Dublin are, that's nearly as much as anybody can hope for in the provinces. You know, you get to a Leinster final... Your hope then is that you can catch a, a very strong Dublin team cold maybe or catch them on an off day and maybe cause a bit of a shock and win a Leinster title. But, you know, realistically, playing football in August is, is the aim. So a, a top eight, getting to getting through the last round of qualifiers, getting into an All-Ireland quarterfinal is the realistic aim. 
I think and just not 100% sure that we're there yet and are they happy that he is picking from the best players available obviously Joe Sheridan can't get into the panel yeah. I'm sure he would like to have been there um, Keane Ward I, I would imagine is another player that if he was willing to prove that he was able to give the full commitment to the panel that he could be there Brian Farrell's not there It's and obviously the injury guy, guys who are injured as well I mean is is Mick O'Dowd is the perception of him is that he's leaving no stone unturned to make me the better team well, the three lads that you've mentioned there are three lads that will probably feel they still have plenty to offer for Mead, and I don't think there's too many in the county that would argue it. But Mikko has brought in a new philosophy in, in terms of pace and power and you know, a, a score and return that he's trying to get. And maybe those three lads just didn't fit into the style. And On one hand, you kind of have to say, right, well, he's made the bold decision. Now he's going to have to live by that decision. I said with... The amount of injuries to have now, I'd say to have either of those three lads or even all three still on the panel, you'd find two of them at least could, could have ended up starting this Sunday if they were still available to them. But I think everybody has been given a fair crack at the whip. You know, this year alone, he's played 34 different players. Um, he's given every player in the county that, well, I feel anyway, has been worthy of a chance, has got a chance. Um, and the, the pool, the, the panel he has, is the best from the pool of players that are available, I think, any in the county. Fergal, uh, that's brilliant. Uh, Fergal Lynch there from the Mead Chronicle, giving us uh, a bit of an insight into Mead and their form and their tactics ahead of our live game this Sunday on Off the Ball, which is Mead against Kildare. Two o'clock throw-in will be on air at one o'clock. We'll be staying at Croke Park then, keeping you up to date with everything that happens in the second Leinster football semi-final, Dublin against Wexford. This is really about the spread, 15 points <clears throat> it's hard to know I don't like predicting the teams are going to not going to cover the spread I don't want to sit here and say Wexford are going to lose by 20 points I don't think it's fair there's no future in it really look Dublin will win, win the game they will w- w- learn very little from it the only team that have something really to gain from this game are Wexford we're not going to win it but if they put in a performance it gives them a little bit of momentum heading into the round two of the qualifiers they could actually do some damage in the qualifiers so I think it's more about them than it is Dublin Also the spread means very little with Dublin you look at the way they played against Leash it was a very very tight game for so long mm. and then in the last ten minutes they just killed them Yeah and I don't know are Leash a better team than Wexford probably not there's probably very little between them Wexford have some good forwards I don't think they'll win the same amount of ball around the middle of the field that they did against Dublin Dolan will have watched that game very carefully, I think, and will improve that. And it was their first outing as well, where Leash had a game under their belts. Well, there's not a huge amount you could say about this, apart from the fact that you hope that Wexford really give a decent account of themselves and it stands to them. Yeah, we haven't really spoken in depth about Dublin at any stage yet in the podcast. Uh, yeah, mainly, we, there's a reluctance to though, isn't there? Well, well but the reluctance is that Dublin are going to be around for the next four or five months. Mm. There will be opportunity plenty. Yeah. Whereas most, most of the teams we get the opportunity to speak about we're not 100% sure how long they're going to be around mm. for. Yeah, and also when we're talking about Dublin, we'll be able to look at them up against some quality opposition when we get to an All-Ireland quarter-final. Uh, uh, like, you only have to roll the clock back a couple of weeks where we were talking about Dublin Leash and, oh, well, sure, what's the score difference going to be here? And Leash put it up to them. They were two points ahead at half-time. Dublin still won, what, was 11 points they won by? Yeah, 10-11, yeah. yeah. So but look, fair enough. But, you know, I do think that Wexford can look at that game and take a lot, a lot out of it as well. It's the fourth meeting of these two in the last five years. Dublin have won all four of those. And you can argue that are have progressed over that time as well. So well, Certainly two of them Wexford could have and should yeah. have won. 
Jim Gavin they should have beaten them in 2010 and they should have beaten them in the 2012 Leinster final no question so but I mean the world has changed dramatically in those two years Pat Gilroy's moved on they've won two more All-Ireland under-21s and they've won another All-Ireland and Wexford do not have the players they did back then Well yeah because you do wonder where where Wexford because you know obviously under Jason Ryan they never really made the proper breakthrough that everybody kind of sensed at some point that they were going to make well, it they got and to then, an All-Ireland semi-final in 2008 to be yeah, fair the breakthrough I mean you know, in, by his, winning in his debut Leinster season or, and then it never yeah. progressed from they there got, you know, and, but they did reach another Leinster final like it is Wexford you know it's a dual county the hurling managers in Wexford for years are always bleeding on about how difficult life is for them given that they're a dual county it's the mm. same issue for the footballers I'm not sure how, you much, how much we can expect from Wexford Well but I think increasingly less really is my point I think that a lot of the players even from last year Red Barry Andreas Doyle Lee Chin Anthony Masterson and more of them have left so I mean like that's pretty for whatever for one reason or another I'm sure some of them have gone to the US in two weeks holidays <laughs> um, but you know I, I just think taking that sort of quality out of a team that you know initially don't necessarily have mm. great strength and depth which well, they beat a Longford Conversely. team that have since gone up to, and beaten Derry. Now, I know it's... it's if you're going on horse racing four lines. Exactly. Horse, for course, it's probably not the best way of predicting results. But there's certainly something in this Wexford team. I hope, and you mentioned how Leash, we were talking, the way we were talking about Leash before the Dublin game. I hope Wexford feel after this game the way Leash did after they played Dublin. Full of confidence. They've shown the country that they can actually achieve something, that they can hurt the best teams in the country. Yeah. I hope Wexford feel the same after this. Well, the Leash went for it that day. That was, again, like we spoke about it and we said, well... You know, Tomas Flaherty has come in, he's a pretty defensive minded manager, and that's quite clearly the way Leash are going to go about this game. And they completely didn't. Mm. They just went for it. And, maybe and perhaps they, exactly, perhaps they found a little bit of a weakness in this maybe. Dublin defence. Like, you remember is, the Leash at quarter final against Dublin 2012, where they did the opposite of going for it. They just mm. didn't really feel that they could beat Dublin, and they could well have knocked Dublin out in the quarter final. They did, day. did in England on it, they, they did. Uh, yeah. yeah. They just, no one really believed there was that deflected hand pass goal from Michael Darmacoli ultimately it was the difference between the two teams but you're right in the last game they actually did go after them and Wexford need to do something similar they could be annihilated in the process but it's all it's a, it is a step by step process for them and I just hope that it's it's not a complete massacre to the point where they go into the qualifiers utterly devoid of confidence Just on Dublin and winning games so convincingly and the question is always what can you learn from winning games by 10-15 points but Jim Gavin Maybe it's his background, but he he seems to have his own markers that what they win by is almost irrelevant. Yeah, that he has his own standards and he has they've their own. I'm sure they all have certain tasks when they go out on the pitch, certain markers that they have to meet, and that is all that matters to Jim Gavin. Mm. Mm. That well, is, I mean, you've sure. summed up the key part about this Dublin team. Like in 2008 and 2009, they cruised through Leinster and they got destroyed by Kerry in 2009, destroyed by Tyrone in 2008, and everyone pointed to the fact that they had no opposition in the Leinster Championship. Yet they still have no opposition in the Leinster Championship, but they're winning everything around them. And it's because even the best players know that if I don't play well up to the 70th minute, there's a chance I won't start the next day. If I come on for the last 20 minutes and don't perform, I definitely won't start the next day. And it means that Dublin inhabit a different footballing bubble to everybody else in Ireland. And it goes back to a certain extent to a decision that a lot of people questioned last year which was taking Bernard Brogan off early in games that he showed doesn't matter if you're the best footballer in the country if I don't feel you're performing I'm going to take you off and how many times have you heard Bernard Brogan mention all those times he was taken off last summer in interviews mm. since they won the All-Ireland he brings it up nearly every time he's talking about Dublin football Th- that actually I, th- I think in that there is like you talk about the you know the massacre that Dublin might put up against Wexford this weekend and I think there is reason to believe that it's not going to be that and I think primarily 
Graham Malloy is the reason for that. He kept Bernard Brogan in the when they met in twenty eleven. He kept him to just two points from play and to none at all in the twenty twelve game. And Bernard Brogan, who was subbed off that day, um, appropriately enough as you say, Bernard Brogan scored four points in total over those two games in 2011-2012. Player of the year in twenty ten. Now you know. Granted that he had maybe you know become certainly he wasn't at the peak of the powers that he'd been at twenty ten in those years. Maybe back then it was. Well, well, no, but hang on a second, right? The starting full forward line in twenty eleven was Bernard Brogan, Dermot Connolly, and Owen O'Gara. Um, the latter two of those two didn't register one single point between them. Now it's quite clearly difficult to see that that's going to be repeated again this week. This is twenty eleven now. That was 2011. Yeah, yeah. So, like, as we, how much water has flown? flown it has, the but Jeremy Connolly is obviously still, you know, one of the main men with Dublin. Obviously, has come on a lot over those years. Arguably, all three Bernard players Brogan, are now Bernard better. Brogan is, yeah, Ono Garrett maybe to a to to a lesser oh, degree. I think they are all better now. Than so, they were no, a better player, but to a lesser degree, uh, it will be involved in the same way that Dermot Connolly and Bernard Brogan would be. Well, O'Gara in terms is of the target getting. man now. He is winning all of that ball, and uh, and he's actually capable of scoring it himself. And if they don't perform well, then Manuel will come in. If he doesn't do it, then McManaman mm. will come in. If he can't do it, Dean this, Rock will this, come this in. This is the point. This Tom is, this is why in. I think they're you know that they have progressed from 2011, 20, from those games in 2011, 2012. And, and he, Wexford he, aren't anywhere near. They're not. They're not. And in 2012, it it had changed so much even at that time. The Full, Dublin full forward starting uh, starting full forward line that day McManaman uh, Connolly and Bernard Brogan albeit Brogan only got one free that day McManaman scored a goal in three and Connolly goal in one so you know I, I think when you look at this Dublin side with ten when, when the clock hits 60 you still expect Dublin to score at least eight points they could easily score Minimum. two eight in the last yeah. I mean, what did they score against Kerry in the last year's All-Ireland semi-final over the last ten minutes two, two nine was it yeah it was in around that like, that's against Kerry Look, we keep going one of back the great, one of the great, great games. So close, <laughs> yes. which they won by seven points. Exactly. Mm. Look, Wexford. I hope they do well. They're going to end up losing between somewhere between seven and twelve, but that won't be a. I don't think that'll be a major negative for them. Three Dublins, presumably. Yeah, yes. it depends. It dep- like it ultimately depends on the nature of the loss. If they stick with them for sixty yeah. minutes, like you That's say, the and then part. they pull their leg, yeah, stretch their legs at the end. Then everyone says they'll fan- you know, they might get a home draw in the qualifiers. They'll fancy yeah. the chances against anybody. Really. If they ended up with Tyrone down in Wexford Park, having really given Dublin a run at it for fifty minutes, they'd fancy their chances. Uh, three really interesting hurling games this weekend. The obvious one, Galway Kilkenny, but in the qualifiers, Waterford against Leash. Can Wa- Leash keep the momentum that they gained? Yeah. Or have some of them gone off to the US? <laughs> I think Cheddar has managed to keep them together. There, this game is in Fairfield, yeah. correct? Yeah. If it it's was, in Walsh Park. If it was up in Port Leash, I would give Leash a really good chance. And I still would give them a chance. It just it just depends how much they've been hurt by what happened against Galway. I don't know. I, I mean, you'd have to be inside the camp to really get that. Yeah, actually, it was funny because Stephen Marr was talking this week. He was the player of the month. and Pure devastated uh, was the phrase that he used for that defeat to Galway. But I mean, there's a huge amount of positives, obviously, to be taken from that game as well. Um, he'd kind of spoken about the fact that they'd played five games in a row and in the last 10 minutes, they just lost their legs a little mm. bit. But I mean, having played the five games in a row was the reason that they were ahead to begin with because they had had built up that momentum over that time. But I think like Cheddar Plunkett needs to leave that game and say, fair enough, we almost beat one of the big guns and we didn't quite get over the line. But like nobody expected us to do this. Even other We've proven that we now. can actually mix it with Galway and probably should have beaten them. I mean, you know... But not, wh- was it just down to the five games? Because we saw this last week with Clare and Tipperary that maybe it's not down to just fatigue from the amount of games you've played. Maybe it's the fact you're having to raise your game 
to the fact you're playing Galway or you're playing Waterford this weekend that you're automatically just going to get that little bit more tired more quickly. Well, well at least know, they're, yeah. they're, they're battle-hardened now. So it's, what, five matches in eight weeks now and they have had a break to refresh themselves. So they can yeah. actually dip into both of those barrels. Whether or not they have enough to beat Waterford down there, Waterford have showed up really well in the drawn game of Cork. Not so much in the second game. Their minors had another massive win during the week, beat Clare in the Munster Minor Championship. There's a lot of things to be positive about in Waterford at the moment, and the injuries will have cleared up as well because they were struggling going into the particularly the drawing game of Cork. Yeah, Derek Price is back. It's not quite a tough one to call. I think, I think Waterford will win it, but I hope Leash run them close. Uh, Derek Fives back. Shen Fives uh, played brilliantly. And particularly the drawing game there? against Cork, five fives, uh, <laughs> 25 of them. Um, so, yeah, Austin Leeson as well. I'm really looking forward to a bit in the sort of kind of Coney mode. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. him a little bit. Where are you going to see him? Where, this, you're not going to see uh, see him this weekend. Uh, it's not, none of these matches are going to be on TV. Yeah. No, you'll have to wait for the Sunday game, unfortunately. So, um, are, are, you, are you going for Leash? Am I going for Leash? You should be what, a motivational in what, in what, some uh, sort of a... In what fear? I don't think he was leaning towards Leash. I was no, absolutely you're going not for Waterford. leaning towards Leash. I'm I am definitely going for Waterford, Waterford as well. Three Waterford. Waterford. what would be the upset this here? This is a tough call here. I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen enough of Antrim, little or nothing of Antrim this year. I saw Offaly getting demolished by Kilkenny, obviously, after a shockingly poor league. Uh, the feeling is that there is quite a number of problems in the Offaly camp. Yeah. This game at Caseham Park? Yep. I'm going to go with Antrim. Or in Ballycastle, sorry. Antrim beat Leash. And I think that was a real indication of, you know, where Antrim actually are at the moment. I think I'm going to go with Antrim. I'm going to go with Antrim. Awfully. Good man. I mean, just I did get, awkward. I did get seven, the and seven and a half out of... Uh, Nine last well, week. Got seven you know? out of nine. Just seven and a half. Well, no, you like don't that. get a half. Ah, if it's a draw, you, you don't get a half no. point. You seven get and a half wrong. <laughs> there Suck are three options. Nobody's got predicted a draw in any match yet, which would be just no. And in fairness, that's the one thing there. that I nobody throw a draw. Yeah, in the, well, in the, the, well, the, the Premier League, League ones. Yeah, that'll be returning soon. So the big one, Galway Kilkenny. How mental is it that this is not on TV? Can I just say at the very outset here, Dave, and this is aimed directly at you. Good. Sky have missed a massive opportunity here. People it's over the last. The can, can, do, can, do I get an opportunity to explain why it says it missed an opportunity? Or we, you know, well, your first, your first line. Uh, go on. <laughs> and also, <laughs> he this was is a, to this directly at me, as if like yeah. I'm the decision maker. Can you? Can you do, suddenly, Sky and suddenly I'm defending you. Can you yeah. <laughs> I, mean, before, I don't, before, I don't before, get any cash before from I've them. even made my point. Um, so if you could just bring this back to your employers. Um, so, so the, this game's on Saturday evening and it's not going to be on TV. There's a whole spiel from Leinster Council this week. Um, you know, we waited until Monday morning for RTE to come to us with an offer uh, as to its time suitable for them to actually show the game, uh, says John Horan, who's the chairman of Leinster Council. And the only offer put on the table by RTE was 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. If it had come back to us with an offer at 5 that evening, we certainly would have given some consideration, but 2.30 is unpractical, unpractical. Uh, says um, the chairman of the Leinster Council we're an amateur organisation the players involved in both teams have jobs the supporters are the same the supporters have jobs uh, and I think in due deference which is a very good GA phrase Tullamore is a provincial business town I think it would be very unfair for us to crash in on top of it on a busy afternoon with a match I mean this goes on but okay, I think you kind of get you, the essence you, of it there. You're about to make a point at some stage, right? Yeah. So my point is that uh, be good the, editing, the reasons worry. that they're saying, the reason he's giving giving here is that it couldn't be streamed because there weren't, which is which develops further on in this quote, because 
there weren't enough, uh, we're not, not going to get enough hits on the website. It couldn't be streamed. So uh, what I would have said, so, so they couldn't put it on at 7 o'clock. They couldn't stream it at 7 o'clock. God. They couldn't stream it at 7 o'clock, right? Or T. Yeah, right, because yeah. it was going to clash with Sky's game. That right. was the reason they couldn't do it. Can I add out the what previous Sky three minutes? Should have said was because you know Sky have come into the market and everybody's kind of not sure about what Sky are about. If Sky had turned around and said, "Look, you know what? Go ahead and stream it. It doesn't matter. Just stream it. Who cares? It's uh, at it's at at the same time as their game. But who cares? They take a little bit of a hit in the meantime. Who gives a toss? And they get a massive amount of goodwill. People say Sky are actually in this for GEA. So can you take that back to them? It's a bit late now. Get them to bloody stream the match. I, I very tenuous what? point, really. What's tenuous about it? I, 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 I don't see. Oh, don't look at it. Oh, no, no, it doesn't matter who sky. it is. I don't know what. Know why a broadcaster would go to all the effort of getting in uh, into a partnership with the GA and putting the contract. What in place game are Sky doing? What game off. are Sky doing on Saturday? Armagh Monaghan. Armagh Monaghan in the Ulster football versus Kilkenny Galway in but sure Leinster Hurling. Sky's issue. No, but my point is, it's and like I mean, okay, there is going to be a little bit of an overlap of audience, obviously, because a lot of people follow. What about both the kudos sports. that RT would have got if they'd actually just put the game live on RT two? But RT1. it seems that that RT have made some sort of an attempt to juggle the times around. But Leinster Council are saying this is well, neither you can't put it at that time because you're coming nor in. It's, RTE's it's fault. Do, it's, this I'm is not the saying Leinster it's Council's fault. fault. I am saying that th- that's exactly my point. But that Sky could have actually... They didn't need to, but they could have uh, garnered you're, a huge amount of goodwill. You're saying Sky are the stumbling block to a 7 o'clock No, uh, sorry, you're stream. completely That's misreading the situation because it suits you, because they're your <laughs> paymaster. Pay so okay, don't ask, don't ask me a question about Sky if you're not willing to listen. At what did I ask you a question? You're telling me you're telling, telling me you, to go yes. back to my employers with a, a complaint. That is, and, I'm not, a and I'm not allowed to stand here and go, well, I don't believe that to be a valid complaint. I didn't ask you a question. You, you know, you're ordering me to go tell excuse them. Me, excuse yes, me, I'm going to have to pull both your mics down. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Also, we don't know that Sky would be allowed to do that. That they can just say, oh, by the way, let's of ignore this rights deal we've signed up to. Of or, course they would. Do you think RTE would do it if, if it was the other way it's around? That, but you see, Mike, that's exactly, it's not, it doesn't apply the other way around. Because RTE, people accept that RTE are recognised GEA broadcaster and everything's fine. Whereas people are dubious about what Sky are bringing to the market. A lot of people still are. Whereas if Sky turn around and say, you know what, this is for the betterment of GEA. Go ahead and stream it. We don't care. It's fine. It's better for GEA fans. Imagine the goodwill that would have brought their way. Make sure the next time the rights are up for grabs, Adrian is not part of our negotiating panel. <laughs> Absolutely. Take what you want, lads. As long yeah. as, as, long as like, every match is on, it's all for no, the good of the this GEA. this is a one-off and if, there's a And if there's a game on the, at the same time as ours that's clearly going to, at the very least, have our viewership or listenership, in our case, and off the ball, go on, don't worry about it. Go ahead and do it anyway. It'll be great. It's complete, you're not compa- comparing apples with apples here. And the thing about it is, like, how much, so, so, like, Sky is such a reduced market anyway. Sorry, Dave, to break that to you. Um, uh, such a reduced market anyway. Well, like so a lot of people of who are going to, uh, Sky represent no real grasp. A sky representative. Yes, you are. The Irish broadcasting media industry. The only like, time I've seen him get so yours? angry was uh, at about twelve o'clock at night when he was got really annoyed after the golf that we didn't win the prize. So I'm thinking he may have been boozing at lunch. <laughs> it's the uh, only thing I can put this down to. I understand why you're sticking up for Sky. I don't because know. What, I think your what? point is just off the wall. Why? Sky have invested a huge amount of money to broadcast these games. They don't have a huge amount of them to start with. Armand Monaghan is a big match. Okay, the reviewing figures mightn't have been outstanding yet, but... They're not, and they're not going to be for Armand Monaghan. That's just the nature of Sky. I don't think it's very fair either for you to insinuate that the only reason I took this stance is because I work for them. 
That's not well, very fair. It might not be fair, but it's entirely accurate. No, it's, it's not entirely accurate. You've got somebody over there who doesn't work for them with the exact same viewpoint. A, a, a viewpoint of a moron. But, but I'm willing to. Right, okay. <laughs> We're both morons. Listen, uh, if you can tweet, add off the ball, please tweet yeah. us. If you've listened please. to this podcast. I'm sure most I'd reasonable people know. out there if think I can that find Sky, oh, could, we'll as a mark of goodwill, could have said, you know what, go ahead and stream the game. It's fine. We're going to take like maybe a 5% hit on the people that are going to be watching us. It's 5% of, I don't know, what, what are the viewing figures for Sky? I don't know. GA. I don't know. Right, okay, but well, they're not the massive. The McIntyre right? household. So it's 5%, percent, 5% of a small number. And the amount of goodwill that would have come Sky's way, Sky's way after that, even Joe Brawley would have been coming around to saying, you know what, maybe these boys aren't so bad. All week this has been up for discussion and you are the first person and this includes guys like Martin Brownie for example well, who certainly who wouldn't have been a huge fan what of um, his piece in the Irish Independent this because week because nobody else brought up the point it's not valid uh, listen I'm not standing here saying that your point is invalid I'm just telling you, you that I, I'm telling you I disagree with it you are I'm the person it's a bit off the wall. that when you hear an adverse opinion you decide that the two people who hold those opinions are morons in this instance yes which really none of the, what has happened and, over and, the last 10 minutes and, you, and I say this genuinely none of what's happened over the last 10 minutes paints you in a good light <laughs> at all Listen, at all. listen. You've let it's, yourself it's, down it's an entirely valid I would think most reasonable people listening to this podcast would say Actually, that's kind of a reasonable thing to do. Like, I'm well, perfectly okay, happy for you okay. to have that standpoint, a- a- for you to question. tell us that go- it's a valid I point. To, I am going to ask you. I'm but I'm not you. happy that you tell me you that the only reason I hold my viewpoint is because I'm an employee of Sky. I am not going to ask you a question. And that we're both morons because we hold that opinion. I, am not go- I do stand by all that. I am going to now ask you a question. Again, really not doing yourself any favours here. What Continue. hit would our uh, Sky taking by allowing RT to stream that game? Whatever the figure would have been for Monaghan Armagh would be significantly damaged. Significantly? Yes. I would absolutely argue that point. I would absolutely argue. I would say it's minimal. Minimal. Why would you do anything that would dilute your figures? And particularly when you've got advertisers, for example, paying to be part of the broadcast. Exactly. Like, what? Well, I just it, don't it, see it's, any it's sense ultimately the same model uh, as, you know, bookies pay out when there are five games of the Premier League season to go and Manchester United are, you know, four or five points clear and they pay out because they can take the hit because there's a lot of goodwill coming their way afterwards and a lot of good advertising and that's exactly why it's not the same thing it's exactly the same thing so they're taking a little bit of a hit it's a lost leader taking a little bit of a hit by saying to RT you can have that game it's gone out at the same time as our match and we're going to take a little bit of a hit in our viewing figures but you know what the goodwill we get from it and all the advertising we get from it so it's worth it what you're it. trying to say now is that in the same way that people see Paddy Power paying out early and other bookies do it as well that will encourage them to go back and bet with that bookmaker in the future. What happens is... Yeah, and that, that is correct. That does happen yeah. in that same way that people in future will think, now I wonder, am I going to watch the offering that's on Sky Sports tonight? Do you know what? I was in two minds. But you remember what they did with the uh, Galway Kilkenny replay for Orte and GA in general a month ago? That was great and they're a great bunch of lads. Well, uh, I am going to watch this. But it could backfire. It could, back, going to be a good it could backfire completely. People are sitting at home going, will I sign up to Sky well, no, sure, I won't bother because Shorty will probably end up Lads, doing loads of games at after, 7 o'clock. They're just after... Enter- no, because it's a, com- it's a one-off. That's exactly... It's, Do you know what? That's, Sky that's are showing the GEA plenty of goodwill. They're giving them a hell of a lot of money Not to broadcast their games. Not as much money as TV3 would have given them. Well, I don't, what's the... That's, what, that's the no, fact. These well, are the facts. Perhaps maybe not for the Ireland-only rights, but for the, the overall package. You can, as if Forrick Duffy was saying here, it's about the diaspora... Look, I, I, suddenly I have become Sky's spokesperson now. Yeah, of this. why? Where is that coming from? Because well, I just think your point is... Look, it's way are, off. It's an interesting opinion. You're perfectly entitled to it. Oh, thank you. But I, I really just cannot agree Is that an official it. skyline or is that just Dave McIntyre? No, it's of somebody who's actually willing to engage in a cogent argument and accept that somebody can have a, an opposite argument to the one that I hold. 
even though they won't. Which isn't yeah. something that and really also, you seem capable it's of not, doing. It shouldn't be up to Sky to show goodwill for this match to be on TV. The Len- RTE offered to show it at half two. There's no reason in the world why this match couldn't have been played at half two. Tullamore is a provincial town. Points. Only in Irish economics is bringing 20,000 people into a town on a Saturday seen as a bad thing All yeah. those for the shops. Are absolutely 100% bang on the money. Bang on. But so it's here's Sky's an opportunity. No, you see, like, like you, you, say, you made a point a minute ago that you're willing to sit down and listen to somebody else's argument and understand that it's a cogent argument. Yeah, I do. You haven't listened to me because I didn't say it was Sky's fault. What I said was it was a brilliant opportunity from, for Sky from a PR point of view to come in and say, you know what, do, just go ahead and do that game. Offer it. Like, if, if, even if it's not possible to put it in place, even if that's the case, like, re, uh, issue a press release and say, we're, actually, we're happy for RT to go ahead and do it. Because there's still a huge amount of goodwill coming your I way. I really do apologise. We've only dragged well, about 20 minutes. Well, as long as you're apologising for yourself, that's, uh, I'm amazed. that's good. It's going, to be I'm a, amazed. it's going to be a very, very long weekend on Off The Ball. Look, if we you have pro- managed to keep listening, please tweet us at Off The Ball. Yeah. Let, I, want to, I want one other person that isn't related to Adrian I to agree with him and tell us why. I guarantee you there will be a lot of we've got a, We've got Cavan Westmeath tomorrow at 3 o'clock out of goodwill. We might let RT Radio 1 broadcast it as well just yeah. so even are, more are people we, can oh, listen oh, to Oh, let me think. Are we and, an established uh, broadcaster in the market? Yes, we are. Do we need? Do people understand that we're good partners with the GA? Oh, yes, they do. So uh, well, This is year know. four of Off The Ball's G- live GA offering. I'm sure if this situation had arisen year one we would have been a great bunch of lads and led RT to do it. Uh, Whatever. Sunday, we have, we're at Crow Park all day with Kildare against me and hopefully we'll all be back on uh, talking terms did by we, then did we uh, commit to us which way we're uh, going in this yeah, game I go for Kilkenny <laughs> uh, yeah Kilkenny for me unfortunately I have to agree with you two schmucks <laughs> alright talk to you next week Zero is here it might feel good it might sound a little something but damn the game if it don't mean nothing what is game who got game where's the game in life behind the game behind the game I got game she got game we got game they got game he got game it might Feel good, it might sound a little something up the game if it ain't saying nothing.